Welcome back to the land of Wakanda, you film and pop culture fans. This is a brand new episode of Quality Check Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Daniel Posey, and joining me, as always, across the internet, or maybe in the sea, it's Drew Douglas. You can't tell right now because we, we, we're we not doing like video chatting or anything, but I'm doing the, uh, the Talican hand gesture, <laughs> which I have been doing... Um, when I walk into the rooms to my wife and stuff, and it gets a good laugh. I love, I love though, it, with it being the case though, and I think it was like the second time we see it, and I was sitting, you know, by myself, and we'll get into this when we talk about the movie. But my screening, very few people whenever I went to see it, and the second time that uh, the I think it was Namor who did that, I ended up raising my hand up. Anytime he just like swims on screen, I'm just like doing that greeting. It is cool though. I love the fact that we've got the Wakanda. We've got that, um, obviously that welcome, that sign for Wakanda. And then now uh, for the Talicans, we also have this symbol as well. So Ryan Coogler's onto something. He's like starting these gestures and I think he's like, uh, maybe that's his thing. Now do you think do you think Kugler came up with the like the Wakanda salute or whatever that would be the greeting, and then this? Because well, we know th- that's a good. Question. We know the Talakian gesture is is taking from history. I don't that that's a good point. I don't know. I uh, I I kind of wonder because I'm not read about that, but now I'm I'm gonna do some digging after this because I said that on off the cuff, but. Now, I'm, I'm curious about my own comment. If you haven't figured this out yet, we're going to talk about Black Panther Wakanda forever. And I think we should blare the spoiler warnings already. It's going to be tough not talking spoilers about this movie. Because honestly, going into this movie, I didn't know a lot outside of really the first trailer. Because after that, I stopped watching trailers. I didn't even watch the TV spots. So... A lot of the reveals that you see in that, especially with Namor, uh, I did not know anything. Like, especially like certain, um, I'm saying, I'm I'm giving this away very early on, especially since you gave that spoiler warning. The the cameo, the big cameo in this, that I was uh, pretty surprised by. But uh, this overall definitely caught me off guard in a lot of ways. Because, as I said, not knowing much going in. I watched the teaser. I watched the trailer. And both of those I thought were fantastic. And I, I couldn't control myself. I was watching a lot of stuff. And I will say, I didn't really have anything spoiled. Story-wise, I felt like I went in. And even though I had seen all that stuff, I I was still not, you know, maybe picking up the pieces of what was going to happen. I think it was the... um if we're just going to get right into it, I think it was our last podcast where I had high hopes for this. And I, I, because of the marketing has been so good, I, I had predictions and a feeling that this would be in my top five MCU when it was, when, you know, walking out of the theater that I would love it that much. So we had lofty expectations going into this. I know you were excited for it. Did it meet those expectations? Wow. This is interesting because I, I have thought a lot about this movie since leaving the theater and walking out i would say yeah it did but now but now here's a funny thing so i watched this and then my girlfriend she saw it uh and she was doing a lot of traveling around she she saw it like three days after i did uh two days something like that and then because when she watched it she came back and had several things where she was like this is uh this is a mistake this is a mistake and she started listing off several points and i was like all right so you're just being harsh and then i thought about it i'm like okay actually she's got a lot of valid points these are pretty solid including the big tease at the end about uh prince t'challa his son and after hearing her out, and especially why some of this, like, for example, it's like, well, why why exactly would Prince T'Challa not be in Wakanda under the protection of, um, of Wakanda? And the fact that they are so advanced in so many aspects, why exactly is he not there? And especially if the queen is saying she's lost everyone, well, that's not true because 
she knows that he's alive, but yet she's yelling, screaming, and crying about this whenever Sherry goes missing. So she had a lot of those points where she said, in her words, it was lazy writing. <laughs> and, and and I thought, you know, she's not wrong, but it still, it, it just took it down a little bit for me. But overall, man, I just, I think it's also such a palate cleanser to have a movie like this that it's not a joke fest. Uh, there are funny moments, but it's like rooted so serious and it seems so grounded by this is how, you know, with dealing with grief. And also at the time I saw this, I'm not, not necessarily, I wasn't going through grief, but it was like, I was more in tune with those emotions than like a really jokey slapstick movie. So that's why this movie ranked pretty high for me. And I would say, yeah, it didn't meet those expectations. This is movie number 30 in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I bet it's one of maybe two or three that doesn't have a dick joke. Oh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's, they do it so frequently that you're right. It was, it was refreshing to have something that was serious and it wasn't a complete joke fest. Cause yeah, there are moments of levity in this, but you can have, I always say you can have humor in like these serious movies, but it doesn't have to be like poopy humor, right? We don't need Taika's jokes yeah. splattered all over <laughs> Wakanda. Uh, I was a little softer on this movie, sadly. This is not in my top five. Okay. I liked it. I think it, now this is obviously granted only going off of one viewing. We say this a million times. Things frequently get better when you rewatch it. Sometimes it can get worse if if you walked out and you're super high on something. I walked out on this liking it, liking a lot of things, loving a few things. I feel like it's a little overstuffed. Feels a little long. Um, there were some story choices that I didn't necessarily like in terms of it felt like a massive setup, and that was mostly the Ironheart stuff, which I just found awful. It's so bad. I like the idea of introducing Riri into this movie as this young scientist, um, very smart kid who creates something that ends up being used in a negative way. And that's how you introduce her and she gets kidnapped by Namor. The Ironheart stuff is awful, though, because there's absolutely no explanation. I just found that hard to believe. Like she's going to suit up and go fight in this massive battle between Black Panther and Namor. She's going to go help doing that. Like, why? What is she? And I have, what? I don't, it doesn't make any sense. I hated it. I hated it so much. <laughs> it, I just found that aggravating. Um, I like the, the Shuri stuff is fantastic. Letitia Wright's really good in this. Oh, she's so good. It's, it like reaches levels I didn't expect. And I was a little worried about how this movie would handle Black Panther's death. I thought it was a nice tribute to Bozeman. I think this is a good love letter to what he did and, and, and mm -hmm. you know, how much he meant to all these people. I thought Namor was amazing. He's a incredible introduction to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I was super worried by the end of this movie that they were going to make the mistake that they did with Killmonger and they were going to kill him off. Oh, my goodness. I thought he was badass. He has some savage moments in this, you know. He kills Sherry's mom. He, 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 I can't remember the exact line, but he has this fantastic few lines about, you know, you have a week to mourn and bury your dead and then I'm coming back. Yeah. Mourn your losses, bury your dead and we'll be back. So good. Fantastic. We haven't had a villain like this in a long time. I and mean, he's not real. he's not a villain. That's, the, and that, that's I thought that was great too, is like everything he does makes complete sense and he does it for his people. And it's the poster for this is fantastic where we have Wakanda on the top and then Talacan on the bottom, and mm -hmm. it's just like we have these mere cities uh, doing the exact same things, but they're coming to a head because they can't agree on how to, you know, what the next step is. Yeah, and honestly, you touching on that is why I really love this movie, because especially with Namor, I was so incredibly hyped whenever it was announced that he was going to be the antagonist. And it's funny because... Ryan Coogler in all the interviews leading up to this, he's like, he's not a villain. You can't say, you can't call him a villain. He's like, same way with Killmonger. He's not a villain. He's just, 
he's an antagonist. And he's like, I would, I would describe them as an antagonist, but everything Namor did, it's like, the dude's not wrong. <laughs> you know, it's where I was sympathizing for the guy. I'm like, if he wants to say, stay hidden and keep his people safe, what's wrong with that? Especially with whenever he goes up above the surface to witness the atrocity that's happening there. And then they literally end up slaughtering everyone and then they go back underwater. But I mean, that's where Namor is so, so awesome. I cannot wait to see more of him. And like you said, I was so worried that he was going to be killed off and he would just be discarded as a one movie villain. And because he's, I've always seen Namor. And I know on the last podcast we talked about that. I've always seen that character so much more. And it was nice to know that he was handled with such care by Ryan Coogler in that way. And also, he did end up having this very interesting take on how he becomes the way that he is. Um, which, by the way, I want to say, this is the first time we've heard the word mutant in the MCU, right? No, it's, it, they do that in one of the shows. But I think this is, in the grand scheme of things, this is a big one. And that's where whenever he said it, I'm like, are there, everyone's going to react. And there's like no reaction in the theater. And then even online, I really haven't read a lot about of people, a lot of critics or really anyone saying, oh, wow, this is like with him being a mutant and, and mentioning that. I have been very surprised. Although going into this, I was waiting for that reaction of just the you know, once we hear the word mutant, we're going to lose our minds. And that's not, that hasn't been the case at all. So I really like, uh, really like that. But yeah, I love that it, we are one tiny step closer to the X-Men. Yeah. Which, who knows, that still is probably like a decade away. I, d yeah. I don't know why, but we're still like super far away from that. Uh, I did like <laughs> Namor and Sherry's relationship in this too. That was cool. The kidnapping leads to this relationship where I was like, I wonder where this is headed to, where it could almost be this Romeo-Juliet situation where they're so different, yet so so much the same, and they fall in love. And what does that mean? Because you have two um, civilizations that are just not seeing eye to eye and probably will never, uh, you know, agree yeah. on where to go next. I thought that was a surprising uh, element to this that I was really into. Yeah, me too, because that's that's definitely something that I was expecting them to lean a little heavier into the romance. And I really didn't want that, but I would have been okay if they did. But I, I, I that's where I was very, uh, I was on board, but appreciative of what Kugler, like how he handled that. Um, it's interesting because I know right after I'll double back to something you mentioned, and it all has to be about Ironheart because I didn't know much about her. I didn't even know what she looks like for like being in the suit or really what to expect out of the character. But I know when you got out of seeing the movie, you you would text. And this is the only thing I think I texted that she was garbage. That's it. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's interesting because I, I didn't like, I actually, I, I liked her. And at times high liked, but then this is the thing. I liked the character. I just the Ironheart stuff was not good. It was so. It was just not necessary. I could see where it's definitely thrown in, and and it feels, it feels like that was just another element that, not really all that necessary. But, it, you know, I did you like the how Namor was like? I don't care if she is a girl. Like I'm gonna kill her. <laughs> <laughs> I loved everything that Namor did. I oh. really did. Up until, I mean, it is kind of, it was kind of a letdown that he goes out with a whimper, I feel like. Yeah. He's defeated kind of easily, but up until that point, and I th I thought it was smart how they did it. I was like, oh, that makes sense. Um, But I feel like we haven't had a, uh, I'll say an antagonist like this in a long time, where you're actually worried about what they're going to do and how strong they are. Yeah. Everything about him was... I've, I've been thinking about the past week. Like, I just thought that character was really great. I was going to say, in terms of an antagonist, he might be, he might be my favorite of the entire MCU. So I was thinking, too, going into this film, is we know Namor is, he's not a full-on bad dude. He's the anti-hero, generally. 
So my idea, I'm thinking, you know, he's he's being set up to be the villain, but there's going to be someone pulling the strings, probably in Talican, like one of his associates or something. They don't do that. Uh, I was kind of surprised by that. He is the main, yeah. quote unquote, villain in this. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think Kugler does a lot of smart. Sh- I think like with Killmonger, like you mentioned, he has a good understanding of what makes a good villain, quote unquote, villain. And you have to be able to. Right. I mean, people thought this way with Killmonger, like he was right. And watching this, I'm like, I, I'm weirdly rooting for Namor, and I feel bad because <laughs> we're supposed to be rooting for Wakanda and Black Panther because this is a Black Panther movie. But like, right? I think this guy, one, he's making complete sense, and he's a badass. And I want him. Yeah. I want him to get whatever he wants. What do you think of Talakan? Because it swapped. It's you know in the comics it's uh it, it's Atlantis they do some changing which mm-hmm. you know made some comic book movie nerds on the internet very upset. <laughs> I understand the changes it makes total sense because we've already had an Aquaman like character with Aquaman in Atlantis. The two um, underwater cities civilizations are very different. In just going back to DC for a second, when Justice League came out, we were introduced to Aquaman, and Snyder's version of Atlantis is very murky. And then mm-hmm. the movie comes out, and James Wan makes it uh, smartly, makes it very colorful, adds a lot of creative elements to the underwater world. Did you like Talacan in this? Were you a little disappointed? Because I don't know if it was my screening or not. Dark scenes and underwater scenes were very hard to see. Yeah, that that's what I was going to say. The biggest complaint I have about that is the and I do want to see it, um, and I'd love to see it on uh, on the on the laser on a laser screen, just to end up seeing something uh, or or draw some of those colors out because it was darker, and I didn't know that was on purpose to end up saving some money, but it did come off murkier uh, and just overall less less than what I was really hoping for and wanting. That's one of the few complaints I have about this movie. I do think, like, in the very beginning, when we start to see I'm like, this sucks. Like, this is not at all what I expected. And then when it starts to show more and more and more and, and more is revealed, I'm like, all right, I do like this now. And especially when we're not underwater and we're in, like, these um, these taverns or these areas, these dry spots uh, where Shuri... And we are able to be, stand out and they're not like underwater and they're able to talk. That, like, I liked. It's still a little darker, but better. But then there's a lot underwater where I just wish it was it was a little bit clearer. Yeah. Just add something to it. Something about it I didn't love. I like it. I I find it very creepy, too. I find uh, the ocean beautiful and, and then also very scary. Just the thought of, yeah, you know, how massive it is what goes on beneath it. And then, uh, so there's like a level up and the introduction of the Talacans in this was creepy, you know? Yeah. Uh, that was, uh, well done. I don't know if I was necessarily blown away by any of the, like, I'm thinking of like the warehouse action scene and that was underwhelming for whatever reason. Maybe it was just the introduction of Ironheart. Did you like the action in this? I think, uh, a lot of the, the Namor stuff, you know, the one-on-one fight with Black Panther, or, you know, when they go, when he he goes and just basically wipes out Wakanda. I thought that was really well done, but um, I was kind of underwhelmed by some of the action in this. Yeah, and that's another thing I've heard a lot of complaints about. I didn't have as big of a problem with them, but when we first see the Talakans and they are in the water and they're doing the siren sound that's causing everyone to jump off to their death, I'm like, this freaking rules. This idea that all they have to do is they're it's a chant and they're literally causing people to go into a trance, walk off, and they don't even remember their last memory. And I'm like, that's pretty messed up, but also, as you said, badass, because that makes them a huge threat, but also like that's one of the most intense weapons and they're not even attacking. And they're not doing anything. Yeah. Well, I feel like so they do that twice in the movie, and then I feel like it kind of just like for some reason they stopped doing it, and yeah. I was I didn't understand that. Yeah. How do you fight that? You just plug your like, 
the girl Lake Bell is in this, and she just like puts <laughs> your phones in or something. <laughs> yeah. I guess that's enough to to fight it off. But and, uh, and she was prepared, yeah, at the very beginning. I I like that, and I love the Dora uh, Dora Milaje in the very beginning when we see them again, and they walk out from the container, and then they just like beat France, and they go into the UN, and they they drop them there, and they're like stop. I thought that was cool, mainly just because, you know, of how that was edited together. I really dug. It wasn't like an amazing action sequence, but it was cool. I dug it. It was it was more of a of a symbolic action scene than a like serious action scene. But um, overall, I I wouldn't say that it was light in my like for the action scenes. I dug them, but there wasn't anything that made me you know, gasp and awe or anything like that. I mean, that one-on-one fight, though, her getting basically just like, I thought she might die. Well, legit thought she might die. I thought that was, that whole thing was great. That True, yeah, that that was good. And especially just the way Namor fights. I also really like how he fights, or at least what we saw in, in, in this movie, because I think there's so much more that he can end up doing. But that itself i thought as you said earlier posed a uh, a credible threat i i like that this has less action than i expected it's definitely a look at like you mentioned before handling grief and where does that take you and just the way his death affected so many different people mentioned letitia being fantastic um tanesh huerta as namor is really good Anybody surprise you? Because walking away from this movie, one of the most memorable characters, Winston Duke, fantastic in this. Not in a ton, but I I could argue that he steals the show. When he's on screen, he absolutely does. He's so funny. He he's intimidating. Uh, I like that. I don't know. I just want to see where they go with him. I assume that you know the next one rolls around and he's maybe going to be the leader of Wakanda. Yeah. Is where I would take that. And then um I think, you know, there's a lot of a lot of back and forth on on the internet, the old internet, which if you spend more than 5 minutes on, you just want to like cut your head off. No. <laughs> but you know, you get people on there just complaining nonstop like why did they why didn't they just recast Chadwick Boseman? Right. Why do that? Why why go through all this? Just recast it. It's a whole lot easier. Going into this movie, I was I I liked the idea of not recasting and just finding yeah. a way to continue the story. Um, that stayed the same when the movie ended. I'm like I I really like how they did it. I like that Shuri has taken over. It makes sense. It makes sense. It would have made sense if Chadwick was just like, I don't really want to play the character anymore. I'm ready to move on. And then you mm-hmm. pass the torch. So that all feels very organic to me. Were you okay with that, with the with choices that Coogler made, or was, I guess kind of was forced to make in, in terms of changing the story? I, absolutely. I especially loved, well, the beginning, it was emotional in terms of seeing, like, what is happening. It adds a stake that I feel like we often don't get to the MCU. And the fact of Black Panther being such a prevalent character and we were only just kind of beginning with this character. Yeah. And that's, what's crazy. I think it feels obviously more at stake because he actually died. Right. Absolutely. So everything we are watching feels real. And I do like that he wasn't killed in battle or something. Yeah. And it was just, do you think they, you know, with how advanced Wakanda is like, is it weird though, that they couldn't figure out how to, figure out whatever illness he had and cure it because they can do basically everything else i i did like that though because of how that was handled because it makes you see that there are cracks they're not perfect and i especially to start the movie like that where it's total chaos and it's i mean that's what would happen if that were you know if a nation were to face that especially where they their leader T'Challa goes forward and puts them in front of this world spotlight. And then because of his actions, they're now more exposed. But because of that, he passes away shortly after. That makes it even harder on everyone where so many others are like, we never should have done this. 
this was a bad call. That makes it's so tough on Kugler and the creative team behind the camera and coming up with the story and the script to make it feel natural. But everything about this movie, I thought, felt natural from his passing to how they handled the nations. And it felt so political, but not like in our current political you know, society. It just felt like more of a throwback type political movie uh, for that and how to deal with you know, the the uh, entire globe and what this means now that their leader has passed away. But in, in terms of how they handled his death, I think and I was surprised by that because I was expecting him to not survive a battle or something like that. But the way that they made made this, it was even more emotional. And whenever we get the open and it's that tribute of the Marvel Studios. Oh, my God. Yeah. So it was good. silent. That was amazing. It was silent. Now, you said not a lot of people were in your theater. I went to like a 4.30 showing, and it was packed. One of the busiest ones that I've been to in a long time. So the MCU, the Marvel Studios logo is going. You realize very quickly, oh, this is this is all Black Panther, all Chadwick. This is amazing. This is very good. It was the, It was eerie quiet in the theater. Oh, we were all feeling the same thing of, wow, like just this animation alone is making us feel things because of, you know, his actual death. It was incredible. And speaking about the emotional weight, I felt it then. I felt it during Angela Bassett's monologue when she was saying, I've lost everyone. And I noticed that I was getting very damp around the eyes when she was delivering those lines. And then it was uh, toward the end as, as well, whenever it's the reveal about his son, uh, that I was getting emotional. Were those moments emotional outside of, obviously, the open credits but or, or the title sequence? Uh, were there any other moments that kind of caught you off guard like that emotionally? Uh, I, w- I didn't get teary-eyed in this movie, which is weird. I, I expected to be more emotional than I was. I don't know why. Something about it didn't hit me. Uh, in the gut like I expected to. And that, honestly, that might have been why I like this movie so much because there were several moments where I, I found myself getting wrapped up in the emotion uh, and and passion and compassion of the characters on screen. And that includes Namor. There were times where I just felt totally enthralled and brought in to this movie more than I have in a Marvel or comic or superhero movie in a long time. I mean, this definitely beats the pants off of Black Adam's emotional weight or anything that brought to the table. <laughs> I was thinking too that Black uh, Black Adam has these like awful needle drops, and there are needle <laughs> drops in this one, but they somehow work a million times better. Yeah, music in this fantastic too. Ludwig always does great stuff, and I have been cranking this score since seeing it thursday the the namor music is good i'm i'm so deep in namor's butt that everything about that character i love but uh yeah the music in this is fantastic i don't think ludwig can do bad music he just does everything he does is fantastic now is it as good as the first film for soundtrack and music maybe i feel like he goes he like with the Talacan stuff, he makes it almost scary. Like it's almost like a horror soundtrack in, in moments. I don't know. They're very similar, but they also like, I feel like he does. He goes, he, he's able to come up with some new stuff with this one that I liked, you know, like there's different sounds to the music. Like the Talacan music feels so much different than the Wakanda music. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think in that regard, I, I kind of like it a little different. I like the way that you describe that where it's, the the Talakim music seems like a horror movie. I never thought of it, but that's so true. They were creepy. I mean, they honestly, with the the humming and the music thing, I was like, this is creepy. Because you can just gain control so fast. Yeah. Uh, but again, I was I was rooting hardcore for him. <laughs> <laughs> especially is there anything else. Especially if it's like Lake Bell or or anyone who's trying to uh, fight them, and you're just like, go Namor. Lake Bell, yeah, she's she's not in this very much. Now this is 84 percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which really surprises me because I don't know. I don't if we you know we we do the Rotten Tomatoes game and we guess, 
we just happen to not do this one for whatever reason. I, I, I would not, I mean, I would have gone at least 88 and above. I'm surprised it's so low. 84 is not crazy low, but when you look at some of the other Marvel movies, you mentioned Doctor Strange at 89. What's going on with these people? Yeah, I, I would have guessed like mid-90s. I really would. So any other uh, stray thoughts that you want to share before we talk about phase four? I will say that overall, I just really dug this movie. And I'm not saying that all of the Marvel movies have to be like so serious and like grief stricken and all of that. But this was so nice to end up seeing a movie where it really did feel like we had weight. Finally, we had some kind of weight to this instead of it just being a joke fest. So that that was a very nice change of pace. I uh, it's not like we all have we we had to copy this formula going forward, but that's why this movie ranks so high for me and why I liked it as much as what I did. The big twist, it's not a twist necessarily, but we do learn that T'Challa had a son. And that's where um Nakia's been. Lapita, by the way, shout out to her because she's always great. Mm-hmm. And I like I like her. She's I guess the only if you're not going to do Shuri as Black Panther, like she, I, she would have been fantastic. And at one point, I actually thought that's where they were headed. Yeah. But that was a nice little twist, I think, with the son. I think it makes sense because they do explain like they don't want him raised in Wakanda to, you know, grow up somewhere else. So I, I, they do explain it. Whether or not we think it makes any sense is a different story. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I like that. I mean, I didn't expect that at all. Well, and also the fact that we hear, well, why don't they just recast Black Panther or King T'Challa? Well, now we're getting T'Challa in which the name continues. And he yeah, will be. A good, it's a good little tribute. Yeah, exactly. And it's like they're basically doing that. So this is like I feel like Kugler found a way to make an impossible situation work. And we know I, I want at least one movie where she is Black Panther again before we advance. Because, mm-hmm. you know, we're introduced to Scott Lang's daughter in Ant-Man and she's already like a teen now because of the blip or something. You know, they, they have ways of advancing it. So I would imagine right. maybe we get one more before we pass the torch on to him and we jump forward in time or something. They'll figure out something, something to do with Kang maybe. But yeah, I think that is a nice, it's really smart. It's a really yeah. smart way to do it. And I wonder, because we know that Kugler wrote a screenplay because he mentioned, you know, some of the last times he talked with Bozeman was like, hey, I'll, you know, I want to send you the script. Can you look at it? Give me some thoughts. Um, was Namor in the original script? Like, was he the bad guy? Do we know? That's a good question because I don't know. That'd be interesting to see if they shifted completely. Like, yeah. Because you could keep a lot of that stuff, I think, in there and rework it, mm-hmm. rework the, you know, having to eliminate Bozeman. But if you didn't have him originally, I wonder what that would have been, what that story was. Yeah, that that now, I think, especially if you... <clears throat> now I'm really curious, because I know Kugler said his original idea, he had written the first script before Bozeman passed away, and it was focused on his character and who he is, and it obviously plays heavily into the family element. But in terms of Namor, I don't know if he was a part of that or not. Hmm. I wonder where Namor is going to show up next. Are we going to be seeing him in the next Black Panther film? I wonder if we'll see him in... It's like, because Phase 5 upcoming, we have Ant-Man, Guardians. Those are all in the can, the Marvels. Doubt Mm -hmm. he shows up there. Captain America, Thunderbolts, and then Blade at some point. I don't know where he fits into these universe coming or moving forward. I wonder how long it's going to be before we see him again. Because I feel like this story is we've only just reached the surface. And there's so much to explore that I hope we don't have to wait a long time. And you can't really do this again in the third film. Like, it's going to have to be something different. You're right. So hopefully this isn't the end of all this greatness that they've introduced. Uh, I do think this ends phase four 
on a high note. Phase four, in my oh, opinion, yeah. has been pretty stinky. We had Black Widow. When did that come out? That was 2021, right? Yeah. Yeah. That was the first, because that was whenever, let me pull up the date. I feel like it was May of uh, 2020, but that's where it was the first one back and, and there was the whole issue of, ooh, yeah, June, wait a second. June 2021. Yeah. Or July, one of those two. So Black Widow, I mean, that feels like that was 10 years ago, but we have Phase 4, Black Widow, Shang-Chi, Eternals, Spider-Man No Way Home. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, Thor, Love and Thunder, and then Wakanda Forever wraps up Phase 4. And this is not counting TV. But I'm wondering where where does Wakanda fit into the Phase 4 rankings or your Phase 4 rankings? We can start at the bottom, numero 7. And I told you, we, we did this, we wrote these down before we started. And it was really hard for me to come up with my number 1. And it was really hard for me to come up with my number 7. And it's because this is such a mixed bag <laughs> that you could flip-flop some of these and be okay. But there's a couple of these that are stinkers, in my opinion, that could be number seven. And it's like, which one smells the least? <laughs> so what's your, what is your, like, what's, uh, what's leading your, uh, your dump fest? Number seven. Oh, boy. I, that like, going through and it's like, I don't know. It was funny because this is the one movie, the MCU after it, that I really did not like. Like after, and I've not had that kind of reaction of any movie ever. Like, <laughs> yeah. And it this is the one movie where I, I just, and and after watching it a second time, I did see it a second time, and it it really climbed, but it's still number seven. And it's freaking Thor Love and Thunder. Mm, that's my number seven, too. I will say I've seen all of these movies at least twice, minus Doctor Strange. It's the one I need to rewatch. Uh, yeah, I like this better the second time, but it still sucks. Yeah, much, much better. Because the, the second time I thought, all right, I can understand this and why this decision was made in the editing room. And this may this joke makes a little more sense. But some of the things like the freaking like there's uh there's certain things that he does. I'm like, oh please stop. You, hate, you really hated Korg. Like you hated Korg. Oh my god. Yeah, no, it's it's an infuriating movie because almost I think of every single one of these minus Wakanda, it has the most um emotional story to it that is treated so poorly that it's hard not to be just like absolutely annoyed when they they do Jane Foster so dirty because that story on paper in the graphic novel it uh it's very serious and it it, it just has a lot of feels to it Thor mm -hmm. Love and Thunder the only feels I had was infuriation <laughs> And then maybe some arousal because not only does Chris Hemsworth look amazing. Oh, yeah. He's got the God bod, but Natalie Portman looks incredible in it, too. I found I saw this today, too. You know, Chris Hemsworth has that show coming out on Disney+. Plus, and it's all about longevity and, and keeping your body healthy and living mm -hmm. as long as you can. And he puts his body through, you know, a, a bunch of different tests or whatever, you know. I guess potentially life-threatening things, but it's all about longevity. I guess Disney, Marvel, they were like, no, you can't do that show until you, you crank out Love and Thunder because <laughs> <laughs> you can't die. Like, we can't have you dying. So they made him either stop the show or just wait until that movie was done. Then he could go shoot it. And um, that wasn't one of my pop culture picks for November, but it, it almost should have been because I can't wait for that show. I think it's called... Um, limitless or something limitless like that. yeah and i you know i really love working at and stuff like that and that's all fascinating to me so i can't wait to see that but i thought that was a funny tidbit of we don't want this guy to die because <laughs> the whole movie hinges on him so can you just not do that show <laughs> so love and thunder numero seven uh number six i have 
And this is the one I need to rewatch, but it's Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Oh. They didn't really they didn't really do much with the Multiverse of Madness, in my opinion. Uh, I respect a lot of what Sam did, but not a favorite. I, I you know, I might rewatch that tonight. I'm gonna rewatch it soon and hopefully I enjoy it. I'm also not a huge Scarlet Witch fan. I just don't care. Mm. She can she can die, but she's she's <laughs> not dead. She's clearly gonna come back. She, yeah, absolutely. We should say two spoilers for every one of these movies. We already have the spoiler <laughs> warning, but if you're still listening, I apologize if that was a spoiler. I feel I feel like though the uh Listening to this, there's a good chance that you've probably watched these movies as well. Uh, but yeah, there are some pretty big spoiler spoilers for these movies. So this it's interesting on this list of seven movies. Number seven is like it's it's pretty well in the toilet. Um, six up is like I would say these are fine. I, I wouldn't say that they're they're just not like to me amazing. So six and this is interesting. I've seen this twice. And the second time I have seen this movie, um, I mean, I liked it, but I felt like I was reaching to like it. Like yeah, after the trying first to time. Trying to find things to like. Yeah. Um, and I know I I know that this is going to rank higher on your list, so I can't wait to hear what you have to say. At least I feel like it will. And that's The Eternals. Oh, boy. It's yeah, I didn't one... hate it. I did yeah. not hate it. Yeah, I, I I get that, I get that. But you know, when we when we've seen thirty of these movies, and so many of them are very similar, when we get something different, something where they at least go for it, mm-hmm. I have to respect that. And that that's another reason why, no matter what, I can't put this on the bottom, uh, because this was even the first time and second time better than watching Thor: Love and Thunder the first and second time for that movie. And the Eternals, as you said, it does something so rejuvenating that it breaks the mold so much that I I have to appreciate the heck out of it. Um, so it's one of those that I've wanted to return to. I know. Uh, how many times have you seen the Eternals, by the way? Just, Just twice? twice? Yeah, twice. Okay. Um, this is one I've wanted to rewatch. I haven't yet, but the, the more I think about phase four the more i want to return to that movie more than honestly any of these movies i think it's got a good cast of characters um outside of some dodgy cg which all of these have it's really pretty like the oh yeah feige went off you know when when that was coming out like oh you know they they shot on all these great locations and I thought he sounded like an idiot at the time, but he's right. It it makes a difference in these movies, like shooting on location. So yeah, I think it's a a good looking movie. My number five is one that I I honestly always say this is the greatest theatrical experience I've ever had in my life because the crowd was going ape crap the entire time, <laughs> <laughs> losing their minds over every little thing that happened on screen. It's Spider Man No Way Home. I liked it the first time. Rewatching it, it dropped a ton. This is one of, this is like low tier MCU for me. It's the worst Spider Man, in my opinion, of these Tom Holland ones. There's things I like about it, but as a whole, I don't love this one. And this could have been my number six. I should say, five, six, seven on my list are low tier. Um, yeah. One through four are the ones that I like. Like, I would say, pretty good to good. So this is this is like the the bottom section that we're closing out. No way home. Not doesn't hold up. If you don't have the crowd losing their minds, I don't think this one holds up. I do yeah. love the ending though. The final like 40 seconds. I, the ending, you know, questionable decision inside to erase him from the existence of the MCU is I have no idea what they're going to do with that. But I love him swinging through New York in the snow and I know that's Stu- that's it just ends on a high note for me even though that has nothing to do with anything it's just a visual image i love right that's where it's funny because this is also my number five i was telling my i was telling a co-worker the other day about how when we st- one i talked about that experience seeing that in theaters that it was amazing and then 
I said that, you know, my buddy saw it and people were like on their seats, like, <laughs> you know, stomping and or doing whatever they were doing, like, cause they were losing their minds so much. And he was like, what? He was like, where, what theater <laughs> was this happening at? It was, I, I know, I really wish I had a camera and I was recording that because that will always be etched in my mind. And that alone is why this movie ranks at number five. Because if it weren't for that, I would have flipped it with the Eternals. Because I don't hate this. Um, after thinking about it, I, I, I still like Far From Home, this, and then Homecoming. But I want to do a rewatch of those. Like all three of these movies. Because it's not that I disliked Homecoming, um, but don't, don't be talking dirty on that one, dude. <laughs> I know you love that movie, I can't, but it's my number one. I, it's my favorite MCU film. So this movie is, it's the nostalgia factor and it's, you know, just there's the, no villain though. There is no bad that's guy. It. That's I, it. Like there's green goblin, but they don't do anything with him. He's not in this enough to justify this. And then I also feel like they cannot get, they can't even get out of their own shadow. We can't advance these stories anywhere because we keep reaching back in the past to bring in freaking Charles Xavier, the Patrick Stewart version. Like, let's move on. Yeah. Let's move on. It is a cool... I, I like the idea of this one, but I just don't think they... Like, with the Multiverse of Madness, they don't do enough with it. Yeah. Make Green and Goblin a, a badass. Like, he doesn't do anything in this one. And that And that's where, too, with this, there were a lot of problems looking back on it. And it's funny because my sister loves this movie. Like, she loves this. But hmm. she loves Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man. So she yeah. was so happy that he got time of day again. He got a closure, which I I mean, do another amazing Spider-Man. I don't, that would be awesome. I'm all for that. And that's where, like, with this, I enjoyed it. Um, it was fun. But, yeah, just like you said, having the total insanity of being in the theater um, to experience that. That's why it ranks at, at this level because it's just, man, to, to go through that is just something else. It was just, it was amazing uh, for that. But other than that, they're, they're looking back, there are a lot of problems that I did have with this movie. Good, good time at the theater. You, you said your crowd was like caged animals. <laughs> they were. <laughs> being released. I mean, Mine, they lost their minds at every little thing that happened. They could have had Tobey Maguire come out and say every line of dog, dialogue like Kermit the Frog, and these people <laughs> would have just blown their brains out because they were so excited to see him. And when you have a crowd like that, everything wrong with the movie is just like washed away because you're like, this is awesome. This is amazing. Um, I don't, I, I don't, and that was my hesitation rewatching it. And you have to, rewatch some of these movies like you know i don't ever not want to have to not see something again but my concern was i this isn't going to be as good i know when i watch it by myself and it yeah. wasn't because i noticed every little thing that i hated so that's that's a disappointing but i don't think i'll ever have a better experience at the movies i'll yeah, always that i'll always think of this movie like that was the greatest time i've ever had Without exaggeration. And, and that's true because, like you said, that's the one thing I tack on to this, having that memory. And, like, I wasn't... Normally, something like that would make me mad. But the fact that the, there were people literally running around like they were in track. <laughs> and one one guy stands... I will never forget this. And that's why I wish I could prove it. A guy stands and starts kicking the back of his seat. <laughs> And he's screeching like a feral animal. <laughs> That's so good. Oh, it's so good. I, just, I love that. And I don't, I'm a very quiet person. Like, even when I think something is funny, I usually am not laughing out loud. I'm just, it's just not, I don't laugh in movies. But I was clapping <laughs> and I was wooing. And uh, I was by myself too. So I don't know, that's maybe a sad image. This lonely guy doing by himself at a movie clapping. Um, oh man, yeah, great experience. All right, so number four. This is when things get a little dicey because these are you know one through four. I like these movies, but I'm putting Shang Chi. Mm. 
I like this one a lot. It's just the third act, like the original Black Panther. It's CG fest. And um, yeah, I don't know. It get, you get lost in the in the CG mess. You know, it's funny because that too is my number four. I, uh, I, I feel the same way where I, I've heard so many people say how much they love this. And I liked it. I didn't love it. Um, like that Rotten Tomatoes score seems way too high um for in, in my opinion i do think it is interesting though i i like the fact that we end up having such a kind of back to an origin story with the character uh but the fact that it has a 91 percent from critics and a 98 percent by audience now that audience score i've as we've always talked about skeptical of that but um it's uh I appreciate it for a lot of reasons. Once again, going in a different direction, um, the way it was shot. Uh, but I really, I, I, and this I've only seen once, but I, um, I liked, um, but I just didn't get caught up or swept up in this movie quite like others did. I weirdly ended, you know, seeing this movie kind of had a crush on Aquafina by the end of it. Oh, something, yeah. Something that, I, for whatever reason, I don't think I ever had. But I thought she was awesome in that. She was fun. She was a lot of fun. Oh, and Simu Liu also did a great job. Yeah, no, they have Chang-Chi. great great chemistry. Uh, my number three is Eternals, which is probably the biggest gap between movies for you and me. And that's number three you had at number six? Uh, yeah. So, yeah, like I mentioned, uh, I like that they go for it. I like the cast. Um, I could use another one of these. I think we will. I really do think we'll get another Eternals. But I wonder, and we talked about this uh, when we had podcasted, makes me wonder if we could get a show or a miniseries or something like that. I don't want any more of these shows. They're always awful. Yeah. They're always just trash. (laughs) So long as they could actually up it and up the quality, that would be cool. But I, I really wonder... and. Also, can we get some more Camille? Like that's, yeah, he Camille was on Johnny is just amazing. He's great in this, and I'll I'll never forgive them though. He worked out like a maniac. They don't even have a shirtless scene in this. I know. <laughs> like why make why do this to this poor guy? Now he loves working out at this point, but he really transformed. Yeah, that's that's something that was the greatest offense I think in the MC and the uh, phase four of the MCU. So what's your numero three? Number three, I've got to go with Black Widow. I love espionage stories. Uh, Mission Impossible might be my favorite film franchise just because of how many movies there there are, period. But I just, anytime you give me a good spy movie and it's done well, and it's where we have kind of a team up, and if it's kind of like the A-team where they're written off and they've got to prove themselves and they're the underdogs, all of that, those ingredients, I love. Give me more of that stuff. I just cannot get enough of it. And this is the first time we get David Harbour as uh, Red Guardian, but we get freaking Florence Pugh. Yeah, two two great additions. I love them both. Um, That's my number two, and that was almost my number one. Oh, Number two, Taskmaster was okay. I was hyped for that. I didn't necessarily like the twist, and then um, there's just not much to that character. But, yeah, I like this one a lot. I like this one a lot. This started off Phase 4 fairly strong for me, and I know I feel like this is kind of not a lot of people's favorites, but it's mid to high tier for me. It's not maybe a top 10 MCU, but I like this one a lot. When, when that movie first came out, and we mentioned that, that it's like mid, uh, don't really know if it is like just at the bottom of the top tier, but it's definitely mid. And I mean, that has not moved down. If anything, it's moved up because every now and again, I'll think back to that movie and certain things make me chuckle, but it was also natural. Uh, the banter between Yelena and... Um, and uh, Natasha, it just like, it seems so fun. And they had this sister type dynamic, but also this family dynamic. 
And David Harbour, the more, especially after watching Stranger Things season four and seeing him in that, and he's in Russia, I just love this idea that he's freaking Russian in this, or at least, you know, ru- you know, air quotes, Russian. But um, yeah, it's just one of those that I, I just had a ton of fun with. Um, my number two is another movie I had a ton of fun with. And that's why I have to go with Doctor Strange and the Multiverse mm. of Madness. I do think that it does fall pretty, I'm not going to say flat, but it falls significantly after building up Scarlet Witch and Wanda from WandaVision. I think that it does the character a little disservice, but in terms of making this movie appear just like the Eternals, where you cannot, I don't know if you can watch another MCU movie, even the Eternals, and say, I know who did that movie. This is maybe the only movie you can say, that's a Sam Raimi movie. That makes sense that it's Sam Raimi. And I love that. I love that we get that kind of DNA in the MCU. And there's one scene in this, and every now and again I think back to it, and I love it. It might be one of my favorite scenes in all of the MCU. And it's when they're trying to escape Scarlet Witch, and she's going through and just blasting the doors, and she's running barefoot, and this is after she's she's wiped out the entire Illuminati, and she's blood-soaked, and she's like going to kill them. And that scene, that sequence... I just freaking love it because that's taken right out of the evil dead. And it's a page that Sam Raimi has used time and time again. But I just, I, man, I eat that up. And that scene, along with a few other scenes of it just being a zany, wacky, but like in a Sam Raimi type wackiness. And that's why I like that movie so much. And I think about it every now and again, but I told my girlfriend, I said, talking about this movie is one of the few movies I will die on that hill saying, I really dug it. But it also is because of my love for Sam Raimi. And I love that Kevin Feige, even though it wasn't like a risk, it was pretty risky to make a movie like this, I feel, overall, because you have a possibility of alienating a lot of MCU fans, hardcore fans, but also just like, overall families because yeah, this like casual, borders on casual go moviegoers. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I ranked that as number two. Yeah. You know, I, I said they didn't do enough with the multiverse, but then I didn't bring up or think about the fact that, yeah, this movie is a Sam Raimi movie. When you watch it, there are definitely massive stretches where he's in his element. So this could move up rewatching it. I need to rewatch that. This and Black Widow are the two that I'm like wanting to rewatch. Yeah. So number one, I guess, is Wakanda Forever for both of us. Ooh. I mean, uh, yeah. I'm just gonna say Namor Forever is, I, is what it I was call funny. It. That that uh, that short pause was me doing the Talican sign. Oh, I've, I've been doing it nonstop this entire time we've been talking. <laughs> now, just jumping back to David Harbor for a second. We know we're going to see him again in the MCU because they're doing a Thunderbolts movie. But I got to ask, are you excited for Violent Night, the new Christmas black comedy that he's got coming out in a couple weeks? Actually, yeah, I am. Because I we got like some sort of TV spot for it the other day. We're watching it, my wife and I, and he like tells a kid to like plug her ears or something and sing Jingle Bells or something like that. And he and she's like, oh, he's kill, he's gonna kill kids in this. And I'm like, no, like that's Santa Claus, like that's literally Santa Claus, and he's fighting bad guys. And she, she argued with me, and was like, that's not Santa Claus. I'm like, no, he literally is Santa Claus in this movie. He's not just some dude dressed as Santa Claus. So that was a big thing. Um, oh my goodness! Nothing drives me crazier than when she argues with me about pop culture stuff. <laughs> And this was one of those where she's like, no, that's not Santa. He's he's just playing Santa Claus. I'm like, good <laughs> Lord, no. I think it looks fun. I think it's a great title. Fantastic yeah. title. Um, I, I bet it's not great, but <laughs> I will be seeing this in theaters. 
yeah. Oh, yeah. This is, it was funny because um, my dad, uh, as I told you, and I, uh, I don't know if I've talked a lot about it, but we went to go see Halloween uh, Ends, and that this trailer came on, and it was his first time seeing it. And it and it always makes me laugh because in the uh, trailer Harbor, my favorite line, and I don't know if I've ever, this has happened to me ever, but every time in the trailer I see it and you hear him say "Time for season's beatings," I <laughs> always freaking laugh. It always gets me because of his delivery, and he's like putting these cue balls in his bag to swing and hit a guy in, a face, in his face. Just it it looks so much fun, but then I turn to my dad I'm like, "Don't you think that'll be fun?" And he's like, "Man, oh my goodness. we'll see." So you talked about him being, um, you know, his favorite character being Namor. Mm-hmm. Did he go see this? No, I Is really wanted to wait till yeah, it's like streaming or something. He will, yeah. I I was really curious, and I wanted, I really wanted uh, for him to to come to town and and we'd go see this movie. But um, he just hasn't been able to, and it will probably be one of those things that he'll wait uh, for it to come out on streaming. We might actually watch this. This is going to sound weird. But if it's out on Disney Plus by Christmas, we might actually uh, gather the family around the TV and watch (laughs) this movie. (laughs) They did say, you know, this is making a killing at the box office. They said it will not be on Disney Plus this year. Okay. So I would imagine, I bet they do February maybe. Okay. Let it breathe, but um, we also got the trailer, talking about trailers again, uh, for the new Avatar before this movie. Oh, yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm excited for that because it's James Cameron, but I don't, that tra- these trailers are not anything that I'm like salivating over. Yeah, it, it's funny because I was going to ask you this, and I thought while watching this, um, one ties into Black Panther, but the first question is: Do you think? What do you think about the CGI? What we've seen so far. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, it looks fine. <laughs> you know, they waited That's so long because they had to wait for technology to advance. But I'm like, it doesn't look that radically different. There are some shots where they're like wet, and I'm like, oh, that looks really good. But mm-hmm. nothing in it is is stuff that I'm like, wow, this they've really advanced technology. I keep hearing the 3D, though, is, like, next level. Uh, I am hyped for that three-hour runtime. You know that I love a good three-hour movie. But I don't know. If this was anyone, there's only a handful of directors that I'm, like, I, I'm hyped for it. You're, you've got me in the seat. James Cameron's one of them. But if, like, mm-hmm. if some mediocre director pumped this out and it looked exactly the same, I would not be interested in it at all. It's really, yeah. it's really just because it's James Cameron. Because the marketing so far is really unimpressive. I agree. And I do, I do like that Cameron is able to admit though at this point he's like, if we can, we're, we'll stop this at movie three if it doesn't do well. Like he, <laughs> he's not. He, I think he had a quote that he doesn't know who. I'll, I'll clean it up, but he's, he's like, who gives a a crap like i don't know if anyone gives a crap anymore about avatar or we're gonna <laughs> find out and if they don't then we're gonna stop with the third movie which they've already you know shot and stuff and they're working on but uh that'll be an interesting i bet it does decent but it's i don't know how it's going to be profitable for fox yeah i it, it's hard for me to imagine that this movie is going to live up to what the first movie did i think that it will be um a hit, but I just, man, I don't know. I, and like you said, the marketing, um, then again, it could, the first one, I was not expecting it to be the hit that it ended up being, but, um, how, and by the way, the one question I had that ties back to Black Panther, Wakanda forever, how livid do you think Jimmy C was whenever he saw <laughs> Namor he, and his crew? And oh, he's he like, they're freaking blue. Well, he hated it, too, because the underwater physics aren't realistic. <laughs> He's always really butthurt about it. Well, he always rips on MCU in, in DC because he says they don't act like adults. And yeah. they, you know, he just always has some critique, and he really hates stuff that the underwater physics aren't realistic. So I'm sure he, if he saw this movie, he probably lost his mind. 
We did get trailers for Ant-Man, which I was not huge on the Quantumania trailer the first time I saw it. Still don't think it looks good even when I saw it on the big screen. But I will say, we got the Creed 3 trailer, which I thought was fine. Uh, after seeing it on the big screen, though, I'm like, man, this actually does look cool. Cinematography looks good. So I'm a little more hyped on that. little concern, though, we got Stallone saying he won't ever see it. He's kind of bitter about the whole thing. And honestly, I side with Sly, man. He created this whole thing. If he's if he's weary of the direction that it's taken, then I'm a little concerned myself. Yeah. Uh, I'm in Sly's corner, so not that I necessarily want to see this do bad, but interest is a little down because he's not involved. It's waning, yeah. I, I mean, the fact that we get, man, Jonathan Major oh, yeah. is just freaking jacked. We get, literally had back-to-back trailers. It was Quantumania. It was Creed and then Quantumania. And I'm like, wow, this dude is everywhere. And he looks fantastic. And um, he was on Kimmel, I think, this week or, or last yeah. week. And, and it was a great interview. He's so, so entertaining to watch. Um, we, don't, we haven't talked about it, but his new one, Devotion, coming out, I think, next week. Looks yeah. really good. I'm excited for that one. Could be a could be a sneaky big hit. I could see people really latching onto that. And uh, well, hey, we've we've got Glenn Powell back from uh, Top Gun Maverick. Love him. I hope he plays movie. Hangman in this one. <laughs> one movie I <laughs> yeah. still, you know, I love seeing that. Or I, you know, loved it when I saw it this summer. But I haven't rewatched Maverick. I mm. I'm a little nervous. My dad, my dad picked it up on. 4k you know when i think it came out last week uh the physical watched mm-hmm. it for the first time liked it and then he texted me he was like yeah rewatched it and he was like i'm just so blown away by you know by all the the flying stuff i'm like yeah um and it's hard not to admire tom for his dedication to wanting to learn and make things look real and then expecting you know crew and cast members to to learn things and stuff like that i it's, i love that guy Hundred percent. With the, like you said, the dedication, the idea of that. It's he's kind of like the last true film. Well, I'm not going to say last true filmmaker, but action star or or uh, movie star that he's like going above and beyond for that reason to have the element of movies to keep it alive. So, yeah, the dude, the dude has a death wish, but. He still does one heck, makes one heck of a movie. Well, I hope we find out one day that he's like immortal. <laughs> he's really the vampire. Was it Lewis from Interview with the Vampire? Yeah. Hmm. All right. So we got just over a minute left. We really, we really, we went in all, what am I trying to say? We went all in on this one. This was a gun. This, this was uh, the director's cut. I think Jimmy C would be proud. Yeah, I mean, just know that we liked Wakanda Forever, and I'm still thinking about Namor. Uh, I've been doing the salute nonstop. I just did it again. I'm just doing it to <laughs> a, a wall in front of me. But, man, got some good movies coming out. Yeah, it's going to be a fun time uh, this upcoming week for Thanksgiving. Lot, But then also for the holiday season, and we've got a lot of good streaming stuff coming out. So, Man, it's uh, we're gearing up for a slew of new stuff that I can't wait to just ingest. Till next time, keep watching. Woo.